episode of Industries at Work COVID-19 edition, Council Membership Director Ken Haltenhoff chats with Tim Koenig, Assistant Vice President at EHG Insurance, about the pandemic's effects on the manufacturing industry. The financial impact of reduced demand, supply chain issues, and even the availability of a facility have been apparent. And how might manufacturers employ automation and other cost efficiency strategies in bringing workforces back? Take a listen to the conversation. Tim, thank you so much for your time today and for sharing your expertise in the manufacturing vertical. Um, we're happy to have you here and thank you. So let's just jump right into it, Tim. Can you briefly describe COVID-19's impact on the manufacturing industry and more specifically, uh, general liability, workers' compensation, uh, business owner policy risk, and other related coverages may be affected? Yeah, obviously, Ken, there's been a, a huge impact on manufacturing as there has been on, on pretty much every industry. I mean, the impacts are, you know, first of all, the concern is, can we manufacture? Do we have a facility to come into? Are we allowed to come into that facility? Uh, you know, if we're closed by the government or because we've had an issue with facility, obviously we can't produce. Um, you get into situations, you know, is, there's a concern about reduction in demand for product. Um, you know, even if we can manufacture, if our customers, consumers, don't have the money, don't have the resources to buy our product, or they don't have the demand, and whether it's, it's uh, retail consumers or whether it's other businesses, if, if there's no demand there, obviously, that's, that's a concern. Um, for manufacturers, supply chain impact is, is a major issue whether it's supply chain coming from foreign manufacturers, you know, China or other countries that, that can't fulfill our needs or whether it's U.S. manufacturers, that's certainly been a, a major impact. Uh, and then of course, worker concerns, you know, worker safety, uh, making sure that as we do start to bring in workers, um, you know, that they, we can bring them back safely um, and, and just making sure that we can get workers to come back in. You know, there may be situations where workers don't feel comfortable in coming in. So that's certainly a concern. And then another one is, is financial. You know, I've, I've had several of my manufacturing customers have issues because of defaults from their customers. You know, if their customers are having issues and they're not making money and they can't pay, that, that goes up the line. You know, and, and everybody's not paying everybody else and it impacts everybody. Um, you know, workers' compensation is a big one. You know, employee claims from actually contracting the infection at the workplace. Um, um, some, some of the other ones, you know, you talk about employment practices liability claims. People oftentimes don't think about those, but there are going to be those claims, workers who, you know, try to make a claim. They're saying that they were forced to come to work. Uh, against their will, you know, losing a job, you know, there might be right. um, FMLA, uh, other claims as far as how were the leaves handled, were they handled properly, maybe wage and hour claims, uh, discrimination claims, you know, who is, who is getting laid off? A lot of these businesses, when they start bringing back people, probably are not going to bring back everybody, most likely. So now you get into a a discussion or decision as to who is being brought back and what are the reasons. So are there going to be EPL claims resulting from that? Uh, directors and officers liability claims, you know, potential claims from creditors. If, if I can't uh, repay my, my bank, my loan, 
um, is there a chance that the that the creditors are going to file a directors and officers claim saying, well, you didn't properly manage this whole COVID thing? Uh, you committed a wrongful act in your your fiduciary responsibility of, of running the company. So we we might see those things as well too. Yeah, there's a there's certainly a lot to think about when it comes to the manufacturing vertical and. Um, you know, you, you talked there at the end about those individuals that could probably still do their jobs working from home um, over the internet. Um, but when it comes to manufacturing, I would imagine that most of the people employed are, you know, there on the assembly line, they're there on the floor. Um, and that's the only way they can get that job done. Now, did you see from your clients that um, a lot of them were lowering their capacity and were um, sending people home, or did a lot of them really fall into more of that essential category where they had to keep their capacity up in order to continue operating and filling that hole within the supply chain? You know, and, and obviously it's probably going to vary by, by, you know, as an account executive responsible for managing a book of accounts, it's going to vary. My mm -hmm. accounts, my experience was that I had very few of my customers who were totally shut down. Uh, the majority of them were able to either qualify as an essential business or get a waiver and were either operating, maybe not at full capacity, but at, at, at a pretty high level of capacity through most of this. Um, I actually have a couple of customers that have um, increase their business. I've, I've got, for example, a cleaning products manufacturer. You know, they they couldn't work long enough. They couldn't oh, wow. get enough yeah. people into their into their facility uh, to, to work uh, to fill all their orders. So that's that's maybe unusual. But um, again, I'm going to say most of my clients were at work in some capacity. For those clients that you have that did lower their capacity. Um, what does that mean for bringing those workers back? And what does that mean for um, if those are the same workers or the demographics change of, of who's coming back to the factory? Yeah, I, I mean, um, in, in bringing people back, um, I've had several of the companies who have said they're going to use this as an opportunity to right size. So they may be bringing back um, certain sets of people, uh, whether it be administrative, whether it be labor people. Um, I've had several who have said they they found that they can actually, because of, of their administrative and, and uh, clerical people not being on, on site and working from home, that they may be able to work with fewer people uh, in, in that. You know, labor, once, once people are allowed to reopen and, and demand comes back, I think, Initially, most of the companies are going to be bringing back most of their employees. Um, ultimately, is there going to be a, a right sizing or a downsizing there? Possibly. You know, companies, I think, are going to be looking for ways to cut expenses. Um, mm -hmm. And that may mean working with fewer employees. But to do that, it may involve a change in your workplace procedures, your equipment. You know, will companies now try and, and automate more? and to uh, maybe go into more robotics, I think, long term. But 
you know, initially that may be hard to do because there's a capital cost involved in that. So I don't know that right now there's going to be too many companies that are going to be in a financial position to make the commitment to, uh, to uh, you know, additional automation or to making, you know, significant changes in processes, procedures, robotics, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, now, how has COVID-19 impacted manufacturing from a financial perspective? And I'll bring it back to something you mentioned earlier. Some of your clients are in food manufacturing, um, food processing probably. Um, that whole chain from what we've seen on the news um, has been thrown into disarray from, uh, you know, seeing images of uh, dairy farmers pouring out their milk to knowing that there's outbreaks of the disease in certain meat processors, um, meat prices on the shelves going up. Uh, so what, what does it look like from a balance sheet perspective for a lot of these clients? Yeah, I mean, obviously there's a major impact because of reduced sales. Um, I've, I've had some customers that have, believe it or not, said they've actually, even though their sales for the month of you know March, April, May have been down 30%. That bottom line, they they've actually done okay because they've been able to reduce expenses commensurately, i.e. payrolls. Now right. again, that that's assuming that you're still operating and still selling in some capacity. If if you're totally shut down or don't have products that are being purchased by other people, then then you're obviously going to suffer uh, significantly more. You know, as far as handling that, we we have reached out for, ha we've had some customers reach out to us, but we've been, again, trying to be proactive in reaching out to customers and talking to them about their financial situation and are things that we can do to assist them, such as going to the carriers and saying, you know, a midterm change in estimates of sales and payrolls to reduce premiums, um, possibly asking if there's any relief on the auto because the people are, are driving less. Um, we've had most of, most of our uh, insurance companies have been willing to do midterm reductions in sales or payrolls. Uh, not as many willing to do, you know, changes and reductions on some of the pricing, like the auto pricing. Um, some of the insurers, we, we've gone to them and asked them to extend payment terms, which some have, have been willing to do. And a lot of our carriers have sort of put a moratorium on, at least a temporary moratorium, uh, as far as cancellations for non-payment of premium. So okay. we're, we've been trying to reach out to our people and trying to get a gauge of, of where they stand, how much financial pain this has really been, and then trying to work with the insurance carriers in a variety of different ways to mitigate that as, as best we can. Interesting. Okay. And um, as, as the private and public sectors look to rebound from uh, the financial implications of the shutdowns of everything that's going on during the pandemic, what opportunities do you see arising? I know you mentioned possibly uh, you know, rethinking the manufacturing process, the influence at a macro level of automation, uh, but of course there's capital costs that go with that and we're seeing a downturn in the economy overall. So what are you seeing as uh, maybe new opportunities, the silver lining that comes out of the pandemic for your manufacturing clients? 
Yeah, I, I think what you just said there is, is probably the most. You know, I think it's going to force manufacturers or any business to find ways to work more effectively, more cost effectively, uh, and safely, for that matter. Um, you know, and, and it's going to be, you hear these stories, particularly about restaurants. Well, a restaurant's going to be allowed to, to open up with 25% capacity or 50% capacity, and most of them are saying, well, we can't operate effectively that way and, and make money. And same thing, really, for, you know, manufacturers. If they can only bring in a certain percentage of their workforce because of distancing requirements, they're going to have to find other ways you know, again, either working more efficiently or by purchasing and installing new equipment or automation to operate um, and, and allow them to, to operate effectively and, and make a profit with fewer people. You know, the other thing that's big right now for a lot of, of companies, including manufacturers, is remote work. Um, and I think this has proven to a lot of companies that they can have a fair amount of their employees work remotely and be effective. Um, that could result in savings in the future of office space, um, maybe happier employees. You know, if, if employees um, don't have to drive a half an hour, an hour to work back and forth and don't have that personal wear and tear, uh, does it create a better life balance? Maybe it does. So you get happier, more satisfied employees as well, too. Um, yeah, I, I mentioned, so I'm being redundant again. I mean, right-sizing. I think employers are going to look to make changes in not just wholesale layoffs, but where can we make uh, changes to, you know, allow our employees to be, to be more effective. Well, Tim, thank you very much uh, for sharing your insight, your years of, of experience, of expertise really show here. And hopefully we are able to use this podcast to reach other um, members of the council to let them know uh, what you're seeing so they can implement that as their best practice as well. So thank you very much, Tim. You're certainly welcome, Ken. That was Council Membership Director Ken Haltenhoff talking with Tim Koenig, Assistant Vice President at EHD Insurance. Thanks for listening and tune in to our next episode of Industries at Work COVID-19 Edition.